الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين امنوا اشد حبا لله وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اني اسالك حبك وحب من يحبك وعملي يقرب وحب عملي يقرب الى حبك او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected ulama ikram brothers and elders insan has a body and in order for him to survive to function to be able to live there are various things that are required to nourish this body and what keeps it going nevertheless is the soul in it take the soul out of this body and it's lifeless it's not capable of doing anything cannot blink an eye cannot lift a finger everything is as it was prior to that moment nothing else has changed but just the soul the ruh has left and as a result this person is lifeless lifeless person can do nothing cannot walk cannot talk so this is his need that he needs to nourish this body but with everything the soul is what keeps it going likewise there is the spiritual side of this insan one is his physical side other is his spiritual side the spiritual side of him also needs to live what is the meaning of living spiritually that a person who is alive spiritually then there will be salah in his life there will be tilawat of the quran sharif they will be helping others they will be inviting towards deen they will be the F, the energy to stay away from sin and all the various things that go along so this is a person being spiritually alive but the spiritual life like that physical body it needs that soul to keep it ticking it needs its nourishment also what brings this life into a person's spirituality into his ruhaniyat so the thing that he needs very desperately and all the time is the muhabbat of allah taala and only to the extent of the muhabbat of allah taala the love of allah taala will his spiritual self progress and to that extent he will be able to fulfill the rights of allah taala and not just fulfill the rights of allah taala but do the best in that regard and he will be able to fulfill the rights of the creation of allah taala also and to the extent that this muhabbat of allah taala is lacking to that extent the amal will be lacking to that extent the person will be careless with regards to the creation of allah taala also so it is muhabbat that keeps it alive this muhabbat of allah taala that keeps him moving forward this muhabbat of allah taala 
that becomes the barrier between him and sin because as Muhammad provided it is with that honor and respect then it creates haya it creates shame and modesty so now a person who has shame for Allah Ta'ala, like in the Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says that the Sahaba Nabi Sallallahu advised them and instructed them istahyu min Allahi haqqal haya that have haya from Allah Ta'ala and have modesty and shame from him as he ought to be shown that modesty and shame so the Sahaba were surprised they were not very clear about what is being referred to because they mashallah were very very conscious about this and they even responded and said that min Allah walhamdulillah alhamdulillah we have this haya from Allah Ta'ala now haya haya is something natural in an insan it's inborn and if he does not bring himself into such environments does not expose himself to such things that are adverse that adversely affect this haya then this will remain and will even improve but if he exposes himself to things that destroy haya then gradually this will get destroyed and when it gets destroyed then it's very difficult to rebuild it it's such a matter it's not like many other things that if you break it down you can rebuild it again very easily this is not so easy so Sahaba said Alhamdulillah we have haya from Allah Ta'ala Nabi Islam said no that's not what I'm referring to that is there in its place the starting point of the Sahaba Ikram was already beyond where we can imagine Nabi Islam said it's more than that also that the reality of having shame and modesty for Allah Ta'ala is number one that you protect the head and whatever it encompasses all the organs and limbs in that region of the head the eyes, the ears all these are protected from anything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. So now the head itself, it will never bow down to anyone but Allah Ta'ala. And the eyes will never look at anything that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And the tongue will not speak what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. And the ears will not listen to anything that Allah Ta'ala does not like. Now this is all part of haya for Allah Ta'ala. Now this is a yardstick, all these ahadith are a yardstick for us to judge where we fit in. What's our position? These are mirrors to see our reflection in it. That how do we fare with regards to haya from Allah Ta'ala? Wa, then further Nabi Islam says, Antahfazal batana wa ma hawa. The stomach and everything in that region as well. You protect the stomach from anything haram, protect it from doubtful things as well. And then you remember death and how you are going to one day decay in the grave. Remember that. That's also part of it. That's part of this dictates of Haya from Allah Ta'ala. Dunya becomes just play and amusement. Half his life goes charming people. And the other half of his life goes in worrying about what people are thinking about him. 
and just in all just trying to promote his image and trying to make himself better in the eyes of people and then play and amusement that's his life and if he doesn't get it he's depressed if he doesn't get it then everybody else will also suffer the consequences around him because he didn't get his play and amusement now this is not the kind of life that Allah Ta'ala sent us in dunya for Allah Ta'ala sent us for a very very high purpose so that high purpose of life will not be possible to attain without this driving force of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala otherwise a person will get caught up in anything and everything and he will be far away from this reality the person who never experienced something what he is going to know what it is that is our position unfortunately a person who never was able to see he was born blind that's something not in a person's control he was born blind so he was born blind he doesn't feel the pain of not being able to see around him because he never saw around him he doesn't know what it means to enjoy the beautiful scenery to see the child that baby growing up and to see the various things around obviously what is within the limits of Sharia so he hasn't ever seen it he doesn't miss it the person who was born deaf he doesn't have ever the grief of not hearing the beautiful sounds because he never heard it so what does he know what's, what he is missing out on the person who has never tasted some delicacies his whole life he's been just eating that very very simple plain food so he doesn't feel that he's missing out on anything he's never tasted it but the person who's tasted it and now he doesn't have it now he feels that loss he feels that sense of deprivation he feels something is missing unfortunately our hearts have not tasted the love of Allah Ta'ala and had a person tasted the love of Allah Ta'ala and then suddenly he finds it missing the pain of that is even far greater than the pain of a person who lost his sight and now can't see things around him it's far greater than the person who could hear and now cannot hear anything it's far greater than the person who could taste everything and suddenly lost his sense of taste can you imagine everything tastes totally bland to him there's no taste whatsoever he cannot taste whether it is spicy or whether it is hot or cold or whether it is sweet or sour nothing can you imagine what a situation it will be what a na'mat the tongue is a person who never had that for whatever the reason was he won't know what he's missing but the person who had his sense of taste and now he lost it whatever happened Allah Ta'ala protect us he will be in a very very different world now his life would have lost all taste if the life can lose taste because of losing the sense of taste in the tongue the person who had the essence of taste in his heart the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala if that had to decrease he will have no taste left in life itself in anything of life because that is what keeps his heart ticking that is what makes him want to live that is what keeps him progressing and that is what is everything for him now this is that driving force in a human being in this insan, in this mu'min this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala 
And the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, doesn't describe just this being the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala in the hearts of the mu'min. Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ They not just love Allah Ta'ala, they love Allah Ta'ala more than anything else. And that ashad is also not in itself the end point. In that also there's never ending levels. The person who has reached that point where he has made Allah Ta'ala more beloved to him than everything else, the entire creation, then in that also there is no limit. He keeps progressing to the extent that he builds that up. So, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ When the person has reached that point where Allah Ta'ala is more beloved to him than everything else, then he will love what Allah loves. He will love Allah Ta'ala more than everyone and then he will love what Allah loves and he will detest what Allah Ta'ala detests. So now the ta'at, the righteous actions will become very easy for him. Forget becoming easy, will become an enjoyment for him. Will become very very pleasurable for him. What people get that enjoyment in eating delicacies, he'll get greater enjoyment in taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. What people enjoy in reading other things, he'll get far greater enjoyment which cannot be compared with in reciting the Quran Sharif. Then he will understand the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The coolness of my eyes is in salah. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made dua for. The du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu are ta'aleem, they are lessons for us, they were meant for us to take a lesson of what, what our focus should be on. In one du'a, Rasulullah sallallahu makes his du'a, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak. Have we asked Allah ta'ala for his muhabbat? We've asked for many, many things. We've asked for, Allah forbid people have even asked for haram muhabbat. And they asked others to make du'a for that haram muhabbat to carry on. Nabi Salaam is saying, ask Allah Ta'ala for his muhabbat. Make dua. Allahumma inya saluka hubbak. Ya Allah, I'm asking you, I'm begging of you for your muhabbat. Because this is what's going to make everything worthwhile. And going to drive me in the right direction. And then, when he loves Allah Ta'ala, he will love those whom Allah loves. Wa hubba may yuhibbuk. Ya Allah, grant me the love of those who love you. Because you love them also. And then, وَحُبَّ عَمَلِي يُقَرِّبُ إِلَىٰ حُبِّكَ Ya Allah, grant me the love of all those a'mal that bring me closer to your love. What will increase your love and muhabbat? Now what is going to increase the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala? What Allah Ta'ala loves? One very great personality, just to understand this aspect of muhabbat, one very great personality, Hazrat Yahya bin Mu'az, Rahmatullah alayhi. One statement of his is that Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is of such a level that Afuhu yastaghriqu al-dhunub fakayfa biridwanihi. Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is such that it wipes out all sins. So if this is his forgiveness, what about his pleasure? What can be thought about when he is pleased with someone? A person forgiving, like in day-to-day life also, many times a person, he's unhappy. But he just says, okay, forgive it. 
let it be. He's not happy about it, but he just overlooks it. So forgiveness doesn't mean that there's pleasure also. Forgiveness can happen even without being pleased. That's Allah Ta'ala's grace. That's Allah Ta'ala's tremendous uh, mercy on his servants. That they have displeased him and he forgives them. So if this Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is of such a great nature, that this wipes out all sins, what can be said if Allah Ta'ala is pleased with the servant? So then he further says that when Allah Ta'ala is pleased with the servant, وَرِضْوَانُهُ يَسْتَغْرِقُ الْآمَالِ Allah Ta'ala is pleased that his pleasure, it encompasses all the aspirations of this person. All his aspirations, obviously aspirations that are worth the while. Allah Ta'ala will grant. And the greatest aspirations is among the aspirations that a person has in dunya is to gain this closeness of Allah wa Ta'ala. That is his aspiration. To gain the akhirat, the jannat, and the opportunity of seeing Allah wa Ta'ala. These are his aspirations. وَلَذَّةً نَظْرِ إِلَىٰ وَجْهِكَ وَالشَّوْقَ إِلَىٰ لِقَائِكَ فِي غَيْرِ ضَرَّاءٍ مُدِرَّةٍ وَلَا فِتْنَةٍ مُذِلَّةٍ This is his shock. Ya Allah, my shock and my enthusiasm is not to be playing around the games and plays of pastimes of children in dunya. I want to live my life in that yearning to meet you. And that yearning to get closer to you. That's the shock of a mu'min. Shock of a mu'min, that's children's toys. That they want to all the time play with something or the other. Now they're playing with small cars. And then they're playing with little but bigger cars. And then little but even bigger, they could sit in it. And then now they're playing with bigger cars. And they're screeching wheels around. Still all toys. And the childhood hasn't gone. The childhood is still there. So it's just the nature of the toys have changed. Those toys were worth 100 rands and this toy is worth 1 million rands. It's still toys. Being made like a toy. So now the toy and the games are still carrying on. The childhood hasn't gone. Sometimes a person is now a father and a grandfather also. He's bringing up his child, he's bringing up his grandchild, but his own childhood hasn't gone. So now his shock, a mu'min shock is, Ya Allah, I want to live my life yearning to meet you. And yearning to get closer to you. So now how he's going to get closer to Allah Ta'ala? He's going to get closer to Allah Ta'ala with those a'mal that Allah Ta'ala loves. So now if this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala sits deeply in his heart, so we're talking about the statement of Yahya bin Mu'az, Rahmatullah Alayhi, he says when Allah Ta'ala is pleased, then what? And then he says, if this is just the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, somebody being pleased, doesn't necessarily mean that there's love also. That is of another higher level. When Allah Ta'ala loves somebody, then what can be said? He says, that is beyond imagination. Yudhishul uqul. That will leave a person completely, he won't be able to fathom beyond his imagination and understanding. What Allah Ta'ala will grant. So, the whole focus is to develop and build this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. When this comes, what will come with it? What will come is to what Allah loves, He will love. So now what does Allah Ta'ala love? Has Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion. Now these are just some examples. He asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ayyul a'mali ahabbu ilallah. He loved Allah Ta'ala. So now he wanted to know what a'mal Allah loves most. This was that yearning for sahaba. They want to get closer to Allah Ta'ala all the time. When a person has intense love, 
So now he wants to always keep trying to please the beloved. So now what does Allah Ta'ala love most? This was his question. That question is an indication of what was in his heart. In his heart was that burning fire of love. So now he wants to do what Allah loves. So he asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ayyul A'mali Ahabbu Ilallah. The first aspect Rasulullah Sallallahu mentioned on this occasion, there were different occasions when similar questions were asked and on each occasion depending on the situation the answer was given. On this occasion Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned number one, As-salatu ala waqtiha. You are asking what Allah Ta'ala loves most, Salah on its time. Salah on its time. Many a person has done things on time, certain things. Maybe not always everything, but certain things he never missed out on time. Why? Because that was something very important to him. That was something very important to him. So that appointment, that meeting, that's going to either make or break the deal. That's going to either mean whether the person gets the promotion or doesn't get it. That's going to mean whether this business comes through or not. Whether this property gets bought or sold or whatever happens. Now there's so many things that are hinged on that meeting. He's there before time. Forget being on time. He's there before time because he has to make sure that this doesn't, he doesn't lose out on this. Because this is very important to him. Now when the person has that love for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and this salah is going to bring him closer to Allah ta'ala like that deal that goes through is going to bring him closer to his target, his dream, his dream of that house, his dream of that car, his dream of that target of what, and these are, these dreams never finish. These dreams, a person while he's sleeping is dreaming too, while he's awake is dreaming too, they don't finish. And then when he seems to have reached that dream, before he even reached it, that dream already, they say the goalpost keeps, keeps changing. The problem is here that there's no goalpost. It's just never ending. Until that qana'at and contentment doesn't come in the heart, then Nabi Islam says, then the only thing that will fill it is the sand of the grave. Either there's contentment in the heart, or then one day the sand of the grave is going to stop it, nothing else. Then no matter what a person, he can have the whole world, he'll still be looking for something else. He'll be looking for the moon, what he can do on the moon now. And then when he gets to the moon, he'll be looking for some other planet. There'll never be any contentment unless the qana'at comes. There'll never be any pleasure and happiness unless the qana'at and contentment comes in the heart. So now this person has this aspiration. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala an is asking Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is the most beloved of actions to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Number one on the list, Nabi sallallahu says, As-salatu ala waqtiha. Not that the salah will be done when my dunya is sorted out. Then around the dunya, I'll put salah in somewhere. When my sleep is done, I'll wake up and make my salah when I want to. And if my entertainment allows it, then I'll go and perform salah. Otherwise, my entertainment will take precedence. And if I'm feeling lazy, then I'll see some other time. So that is not the way that a person with muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala will conduct himself. Or the person who is aspiring for the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Because he wants to get to that point also, he'll do what brings that muhabbat. What brings it is what is beloved to Allah Ta'ala. By doing those amal that are beloved to Allah Ta'ala, that will bring him towards the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So now, as-salatu ala waqtiha. Salah on its time. Now one is this fazilat and this very great virtue 
But on the other side is obviously the very great harm of missing that salah on time. But forget not performing it ever. Missing it on time. That the time has elapsed. That salah became qaza. Rasulullah sallallahu gives in one example, one hadith sharif, that man fatathu salatun faka'annama wutira ahluhu wa maluhu. One salah get missed. One salah. That one salah, the loss of it is as if all his family, all his wealth, property, everything got destroyed. One go. Everything, one hit. Nothing survived. Nothing got saved. It's beyond comprehension how a person might react to that. Somebody might lose his mind. Unless Allah Ta'ala grants him that ability. And he's connected to Allah wa Ta'ala. But if a person misses his salah, does he feel anything was lost? In fact, if he made the qaza later, he feels, well, I did a great thing, I still made my qaza. I should be given a pat on the back. Forget missing the salah in its time. Rasulullah was so disturbed that missing the salah with jama'ah, where shariat hasn't given any valid, that, that particular situation is not valid in shariat. And the person missed the salah with jama'ah. So Rasulullah is so disturbed about this. that Nabi says it was my desire that I appoint somebody else to perform the salah. While the salah is taking place I would go to now see who hasn't come. Without a valid reason. So now the salah is already on so they're supposed to be there. But now they're performing the salah at home without a valid reason. One is what shariat has made valid. That's in his place. That too will be with a very heavy heart. It will be with a very heavy heart that how did, what a situation I got into that now I can't even make it to the masjid. With a kai in the heart. With a very heavy heart. Not in a sense of convenience. Well now it's fine now. I have no choice. So well, it's very convenient now. I don't have to go. No. A sense of loss and deprivation and a heavy heart. So Rasulullah said it was my desire to go then and see who hasn't come and then burn their homes. So this is how important the salah is. So on this occasion when Abdullah bin Mas'ud had now inquired what is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala? As-salatu ala waqtiha. Then what? Thumma birrul walidain. Then being kind to your parents. Hukukullah, hukukul ibad. Both hand in hand. But obviously, Allah Ta'ala's hukuk takes precedence over everything. But side by side, hukukullah and hukukul ibad. The rights of Allah Ta'ala, the top end of it after iman is salah. Right at the top, after iman. And hukukul ibad, of all the rights of people, right at the top, the rights of parents. Everything else thereafter. On one occasion, Rasulullah himself explained, so now the person who has this enthusiasm, this zeal, he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, he wants to have this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, this muhabbat of salah will be there. He will love what Allah Ta'ala loves. This is most beloved to Allah Ta'ala, it will become most beloved to him. He won't be shirking in his salah. Then, another aspect that is very beloved to Allah Ta'ala, أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَسَاجِدُهَا أَبْغَضُ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقُهَا 
Nabi Sallallahu says the most beloved of all places to Allah Ta'ala are the masajid. So he loved being in the masjid. If this is the most beloved place of, to Allah Ta'ala, so he will love to be where Allah loves the place. And the most detested of places, meaning of permissible places, but of all places that is permissible to go to, which is most detested to Allah Ta'ala, are the marketplaces, the bazaars. And now we're talking about the bazaars of that zamana, that time. What can, sometimes Allah forbid, even what we call a clean environment nowadays, that too can't compare to the clean environment of the marketplace of that time. What we sometimes would refer to a clean environment, that there's no fitna here, that cannot compare also to the clean environment of the marketplace of that time. Now what can we talk about the marketplaces of this time? And the malls and whatever else. So now, out of sheer necessity a person has to go, he'll be conscious of this. Allah Ta'ala detests this place. And this is only out of like a person goes to the toilet out of necessity. So he'll go out of necessity. And he'll rush out of there as soon as he can. Because this is just out of necessity. Allah doesn't love this place. Allah Ta'ala detests it. Out of all the permissible places, this is the most, most detested. If the marketplace and the shopping places of that zamana this was said about that time what will be said about this time so now the person who wants to get to that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, he won't go for a casual stroll through the malls because he says this will Allah forbid what he will do to my iman and what not shaitan will find ways and means in this place this is a place where the hooks of shaitan are being thrown from every angle to catch his fish from every direction shaitan is casting his hooks in order to catch his fish. And then he's grabbing somebody's eyes in one direction and somebody's ears in another direction and grabbing somebody's heart in another direction. And by the time the person left there, if he didn't enter there with the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala and with his gaze very well guarded and still leave from there with intense istighfar, then... Any person who has the slightest bit of some consciousness, he will see his iman has dropped tremendously by the time he left there. He can't come out from there without his iman being affected. Unless he went in that manner, very much engrossed in the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, very guarded, very careful, and leaving also with a lot of istighfar, inshallah he'll come out maybe perhaps with the extent of the zikr and istighfar, he might even come out with his iman level higher because of that mujahada that he made in that entire time and that mujahada due to that the nur that entered the heart well then good mashallah but that too is not to be something to expose oneself to without necessity why? because he has this love of Allah Ta'ala. he doesn't want to allow anything to come and disrupt it sometimes it seems like these things well it's just spoken about but these are realities one person hadn't missed tahajjud for many, many years. And then, Allah forbid, this is not being said for any, we don't even know who we're speaking about, no names are being taken obviously, and nobody has any idea, but it's Ibrad. Ibrad, the person didn't miss tahajjud also for many years. And then on one occasion, shaitan got the better, and he fell into a major sin. And from that day, he can't make it for even Fajr Salah. 
despite every effort, despite several alarms, despite what not, despite people shaking him out of the bed, but it's always his eyes only opening after the sun has risen. Now, is it just coincidental? Is it just something happened by chance? And after the sun has risen, his eyes open out. But before that, try as much as they wish, nobody can wake him up. And somebody who didn't have any difficulty waking up for tahajjud also. So this is not something to look down upon anybody else for. It's to take a lesson for ourselves. That we sometimes get casual about these things. We, we have to enjoy ourselves. We have to entertain ourselves. We can't be sitting in the house all the time. We have to be outside somewhere entertaining ourselves. But what we expose ourselves to? Now if that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is there, a person will be very concerned. I can't just go anywhere and everywhere. What is something within the limits? And it won't be risking that iman getting exposed to something that is not correct. Then well and good. But just anywhere and everywhere, regardless of what the environment is all about, regardless of what kind of situation exists there, person with that zeal to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to develop this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, he won't take these chances. He will remain within the limits. He will make the sacrifice rather. He will make that mujahada against that nafs. But he will rather sit in his house, because that house is a sanctuary. He will be in the masjid in the house of Allah Ta'ala, because that's the most beloved place to Allah Ta'ala. So this too he will then love. He will love what Allah loves. He will love those places that Allah Ta'ala loves. Then in another hadith sharif, these are just as mentioned examples, that on one occasion Rasulullah Sallallahu explained what Allah loves. Allah Ta'ala loves istiqamat. Allah Ta'ala loves consistency in amal. Ahabbul a'mali ilallahi ta'ala ma deema alayhi wa inqalla. That the most beloved of actions to Allah wa ta'ala is that action, that amal on which there is consistency. Even though in quantity it might be comparatively lesser. Obviously there's no lesser that can happen in the faraiz, wajibad. There's no question about anything lesser there. But the nawafil, somebody decides overnight he wants to do everything one time. He wants to spend the whole night in tahajjud. He wants to read five paras tilawat of the Quran Sharif from day one. After a day, two days, he's going to now suddenly become unable to do it. But now he's building up gradually. He is adding slowly. But what he started off, he's maintaining. He started off maybe one nafil for the day. But then he's keeping up with that one nafil. After a few weeks, he's adding a second. After another few weeks, maybe a few months later. Now he has firmly established this. He's adding something more. He started with tilawat. There was no tilawat in his life. He started with two pages of it. Tilawat a day. Two pages he started off with. But then he didn't after two days stop. He continued. Two pages didn't stop and come to one page or lesser. But after a while, that two pages became four. And after another few months also, but that four became six. Now he's maintaining it, he's consistent. This is what Allah Ta'ala loves. What Allah loves will bring him to the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. So now he is establishing those amal, little at a time. A little at a time, but with consistency. Now this is what Allah loves. If Allah Ta'ala loves this, by doing this, he'll become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. He wants to gain that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. This is the procedure. So in any case, time is already passed. What the point is, a person who has this yearning to gain this closeness of Allah Ta'ala, 
to gain this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Because without this muhabbat, everything is lifeless. The spiritual side of insan is lifeless. Then it's a mechanical, some routine way of just doing certain things. And then that too, at any, anything comes in the way, it will just be dropped. Some business comes in the way, it will be dropped. Some job matter comes in the way, it will be dropped. And let alone business and job, entertainment comes in the way, it will be dropped. Because there's no muhabbat. But when there's muhabbat, then everything else will be put aside. This will be given precedence of everything. So this is what we have to aspire for, what we have to strive for. This comes from associating with the people of muhabbat. From excessively remembering Allah Taala. Man ahabba shay'an akthara zikrahu. The one who has muhabbat, he will excessively remember his mahboob. And the more he remembers Allah Taala, the more that muhabbat of Allah will come. He will strive for Allah Taala. To the extent he sacrifices for Allah Taala and he strives for Allah Taala, to that extent he will gain the muhabbat of Allah Taala. Because when a person makes sacrifices for someone, makes sacrifices for something, that thing also becomes beloved to him. When he sacrifices for Allah Taala, sacrificing what? Sacrificing number one, whatever Allah Taala has forbidden, all his haram desires, he is ready to sacrifice that and trample his nafs. And not give in to those temptations. And every time that he trams that temptation, then when something is suppressed, something else comes up. So each time he suppresses that nafs, the ruh gets elevated. Each time that he suppresses that desire, the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala increases. Then he sacrifices his leisures and pleasures for Allah Ta'ala. For the deen of Allah Taala, to serve the deen of Allah Taala. So the more he does all this, the more this muhabbat of Allah Taala grows, and the more this grows, the more he will get more engrossed in amal, in getting closer to Allah Taala. So life is very, very short, very limited. We are here now, and we don't have any idea about the next moment. The next moment sometimes is already gone. Person is here now, and here he's gone. We have seen in the recent times. How many a person was walking, talking, and suddenly is gone? This has always been happening. It's not that it happened only for the first time in history. Always this has been the case. Just that it has become a little bit more glaring. This was always the case. Many a times, person went to sleep, never woke up in the morning. Now the person with that muhabbat of Allah Taala goes to sleep. He wants to sleep in a way that Allah Taala is pleased with him. Because if this is the last sleep of his life in dunya, and he's not going to wake up in dunya. He doesn't want to leave this dunya in a way that he fell asleep with the displeasure of Allah Taala, with some haram stuck in his ears, and his eyes glued on haram, and now his heart engrossed in filth, and now he fell asleep and malakul maut came. How is he going to meet Allah Taala? So now he said, "Muhabbat of Allah Taala will not allow him to go to sleep in that manner." Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is about to now retire for the night, about to go to bed, dua upon dua. Allahumma inni aslamtu nafsi ilayk, wa jahtu wajhi ilayk, wa fawwattu amri ilayk, wa aljahtu zahri ilayk, rahbatan wa rahbatan ilayk, la malja'a wa la manja'a minka illa ilayk, amantu bi kitabika alladhi anzalt, wa bi nabiyyaka alladhi arsalt. This is one out of, Allah knows best how many duas 
اللہ مقینی عذاب کا یوم تب آسو عبادت نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم منگ نبی اف اللہ تعالیٰ معصوم اللہ سیو می فرام یو عذاب دا ڈی اف قیامت تیسی نومت یو گو ٹو سلیپ واری اباؤٹ دا عذاب یا اللہ ایف گیون ایف سبٹڈ مائی انٹائر سیلف ٹو یو اینڈ یا اللہ ایوری تھنگ از فار یو ناؤ سبمیشن کمپلیٹ سبمیشن پرسن از گوئنگ ٹو سلیپ ہی بیکم ویری ویری کیجول نبی صاحب از ٹیچنگ اس بٹ فائن یو گو ٹو سلیپ بٹ فرسٹ سبٹ یور سیلف ٹو اللہ تعالیٰ اللہ تعالیٰ گیو یو ہول ڈے ہی گیو یو آل وٹ ایور یو ہیڈ یو انجوائے دا نعمت آف اللہ تعالیٰ یو ہیڈ فل اسٹمک ٹو ایٹ اف یو اسٹارونگ یو اونٹ فال اسلیپ Now you're feeling so comfortable to go to sleep, but had you made shukar, one of the du'as at the time of going to bed, now, after eating we've heard the du'a, Alhamdulillah, illa di at'amana wa saqana, at the time of going to bed, I'll about to go to sleep, among the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Alhamdulillah, illa di at'amana wa saqana wa kafana wa awana, fakam mimman la kafiya lahu, wa la mu'wi. Ya Allah, You are the one, Alhamdulillah, all praise due to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, who gave us food to eat, who gave us things to drink. Had the person not had his food and drink, he won't fall asleep. If he was in pangs of hunger, we're now ignoring within him, where will the sleep come from? Wa kafana, wa awana, Allah, you took care of all our needs, you gave us shelter. Fakam mimman la kafiya lahu wa la mu'wi. How many people are there in this dunya, walking around, Nobody to take any notice of what their needs are and take any care of them. Nobody to give them any shelter. Allah, you bless me with so many na'mads. Now this is person going to sleep and remembering. This is also a means of gaining this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. That a person keeps thinking about the favors of Allah Ta'ala upon him. He makes muraqaba of shukr. Keeps pondering and contemplating about the various favors and na'mads of Allah Ta'ala. And deeply from his heart make shukar to Allah Ta'ala. This too increases that muhabbat. So now this is the means of gaining this muhabbat, increasing it. That a person gives himself for Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala. He strives for Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala. Sacrifices all that haram out of the way. Brings salah in his life. Brings tilawat of the Quran Sharif. This is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala. The more he will recite Allah Ta'ala's kalam, the more this too will bring the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala wa Ta'ala. making an effort for deen, all these are things that will bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala. So, this is the procedure, this is what we have to develop, this we have to work for. It's not something that's just a thought, some just a theory, no, this is a reality. It's something we have to aspire for, we have to make dua for it also, and make an effort for it as well. Allah Ta'ala bless us with this muhabbat, keep us living with his muhabbat, and take us on his muhabbat as well. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين make zikr for a few minutes and do it. important hadith sharif the person recites la ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of qiyamah
So therefore we should try to make this a part of our daily tarqib, daily practice, recite La ilaha illallah hundred times in our homes, in our own time and space, but make it a part of our daily practice inshallah. Recite the La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم 
اللہ 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 موسیقی سبحان اللہ رب العرش العظیم الحمدللہ رب العالمین نسألوك موجبات رحمتك نسألوك موجبات رحمتك نسألوك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنیمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اثم والغنیمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اثم اللہم لا تدع لنا ذم الا غفرتها ولا هم الا فرجتها ولا حاجة هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحب الراحبين يا ارحب الراحبين يا ارحب الراحبين يا اكرم الاكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا ارحم الراحمين يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اصلح لنا شاننا كلنا اصلح لنا شاننا كلها ولا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين ولا تنزع منا صالح ما اعطيتنا ولا تنزع منا صالح ما اعطيتنا ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخذنا يوم القيامه 
ولا تخذنا يوم القيامة ولا تخذنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله Allah forgive us يا الله Allah forgive us يا الله forgive all our beja and minor sins يا الله إله العالمين forgive our families يا الله forgive our friends and relatives يا الله forgive the entire ummat of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم إله العالمين شوى يبخرة الأمت يا الله شوى يرحمة الأمت يا الله remove the pain and suffering of the ummat يا الله bless us and the entire ummat to the tawfiq of those a'ma that bring down your rahmat ya Allah save us and the entire ummah from such a'mal that bring down azab ya Allah ilahul alameen guide us to your pleasure ya Allah full of a hasa with your muhabbat ya Allah full of a hasa with your muhabbat ya Allah full of a hasa with your muhabbat ya Allah Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wal amala alladhi yuqarribuna ila hubbik Allahumma jal hubbak ahabba ilayna min anfusina wa ahlina wa min almail barid ilahul alameen ya Allah make your love the most beloved to us ya Allah ilahul alameen make us love all that which you love ya Allah make us detest that which you are displeased with ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah take the childhood out of us ya Allah ya Allah make us balik in yuhaniyat ya Allah make us yearn for the akhirat ya Allah make us yearn for jannat ya Allah make us yearn to see you ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah ya Allah remove the aspirations of dunya from our heart ya Allah ilahul alameen fill the aspirations of deen in our heart ya Allah the aspirations of serving deen ya Allah the aspirations of sacrificing for deen ya Allah ilahul alameen accept our lives health and wealth for deen ya Allah ilahul alameen till our last breath with ikhlas and afiyat ya Allah accept us accept our progenies ya Allah for the khidmat of your mubarak deen ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah remove all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ilahul alameen ya Allah remove all the difficulties and hardships ya Allah ilahul alameen whatever we are suffering from ya Allah is due to our deeds ya Allah it's all our sins ya Allah ilahul alameen give us the realization ya Allah that we have brought upon ourselves all the difficulties and hardships with our amal ya Allah with our sins ya Allah ya Allah we are making sincere tawbah ya Allah ya Allah make us ya Allah grant us sincere tawbah ya Allah grant us tawbah and nasuh ya Allah Allahul Alameen Ya Allah blow the winds of hidayat Ya Allah blow the winds of hidayat Ya Allah blow the winds of hidayat Ya Allah Allahul Alameen Ya Allah Ya Allah make the masajid abad Ya Allah fill the masajid Ya Allah Ya Allah fill it more than previously Ya Allah Ya Allah bring all the works of deen alive Ya Allah make it prosper more than previously Ya Allah Allahul Alameen Ya Allah Ya Allah you guide us to what you are pleased with Ya Allah Ya Allah guide us to the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Allah bless us with his beautiful and noble character Ya Allah Ya Allah cleanse our hearts out of all the evil character ya Allah cleanse our lives out of all the evil character ya Allah fill our lives with muhabbat ya Allah Allah let us become sources of muhabbat ya Allah let us generate muhabbat around us ya Allah let our homes become places of muhabbat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah we've made our homes like places of jahannam ya Allah ilahul alamin make it places of jannat for us ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah enable us to fulfill each other's rights ya Allah enable us to fulfill the rights of all your creation ya Allah ilahul alamin enable us to fulfill all your rights ya Allah ilahul alamin all those who are sick give them shifai kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah remove every trace of their ailment inshallah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah ilahul alamin ya Allah you make their complete maghfirat ya Allah fill their qabrs with noor ya Allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah those in any kind of difficulties and hardships remove it with afiyat ya Allah those who are in financial problems remove it with afiyat ya Allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya Allah grant halal and tayyib rizq ya Allah save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah the time of all that take us with la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ya Allah take us on iman-e-kamil ya Allah 
کہ سن تو بتن نسو یا اللہ اللہ گرانڈ خاتمہ بالخیر یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ میک دیٹ کریٹیکل مومنٹ ایزی فارس یا اللہ الہ العالمین یو گرانڈ یو اسپیشل ہیلپ ان نصرت دیٹ ٹائم یا اللہ الہ العالمین کیپ اس ٹیپ فارس اور ایمان دیٹ ٹائم یا اللہ اللہ میک اور قبرز گارڈنز اف جننا فارس یا اللہ گرانڈ دی شفاعت اف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اللہ گیو اس جنت الفردوس وداؤٹ اینی ریکننگ یا اللہ الہ العالمین انیبل اس ٹو پرفارم اور فائیو ٹائم صلاۃ وت جماعہ ان دی مسجد یا اللہ وت کمپلیٹ خشوع ان خضوع یا اللہ ان اے وے دیٹ یو ار پلیز وت اس یا اللہ الہ العالمین enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily ya Allah enable us to make your zikr daily ya Allah Allah make every home a place of zikr ya Allah a place of salah ya Allah a place of tilawat ya Allah a place of ibadat ya Allah a place of da'wat ya Allah a place of every khair ya Allah a place of muhabbat ya Allah Allahul alamin unite the hearts of people ya Allah unite the hearts of spouses ya Allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya Allah unite the hearts of siblings ya Allah unite the hearts of families ya Allah unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam الہ العالمین یا اللہ سب کو ایک اور نیک بنایا اللہ سب کو ایک اور نیک بنایا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ گائیڈ اس ٹو آل وچ یو ار پلیز وتھ یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ دوز ہیو ریز دیر ہینڈز ٹو دس دعا الہ العالمین یو ار دی نو اف ایچ ون ہارٹ یا اللہ فلفل ایچ ون جائز نیڈز فرام دی غیب یا اللہ فلفل ایچ ون پائس ایسپیریشنز یا اللہ ریموو ایچ ون ڈیفیکلٹیز اینڈ ہارڈشپس یا اللہ میک ایچ ون یور اسپیشل سرونٹ یا اللہ میک سمنگ یور اسپیشل سرونٹس یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ اللہ وٹ ایور وی آسک فور یا اللہ گرانٹڈ ٹو اس یا اللہ وٹ وی ہیو ناٹ آسک فور انشورڈ آسک یا اللہ گیو ٹو اس یا اللہ اللہم انا نسالک من خیر ما سالک من نبیک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ونعوذ بک من شر ما استعاذک من نبیک و حبیبک سیدنا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم انت المستعان و علیک البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله